Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next on the OHIO podcast, we preview the game like nobody else. And that team up north fan, Sean Butler, joins us. And we come up with the greatest bet of all time. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, and it is Rivalry Week! I don't know if you guys can feel it like we can, but we are inching closer to the game. It is only, well, let's see if this you're listening to this on Thursday night. It's less than 48 hours. If you're listening to this on Friday, it's uh, somewhere around 24 hours, maybe less for you as we prepare for the game. Ohio State, that team up north, high noon in the shoe. I am joined by Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And I am joined by Aaron. Say hi, Aaron. What's up, everybody? And I, of course, am Buckeye Boggs, and here we go. Ohio DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Buckeye State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $200 in free bets when you sign up today using code Ohio Podcast Plus, five lucky customers will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $200 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Plus, you'll be entered to win $100,000 dollar free bet when you sign up download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now 
and sign up with code Ohio Podcast to get $200 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Ohio. Plus, five customers will win a $100,000 free bet only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Ohio Podcast. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-589-9966-21+. Physically present in Ohio. Eligibility restrictions apply. See, tr- see terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements, one per customer, $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ends first day. DraftKings is allowed to operate in Ohio. See terms at DKing.com slash OH. All right, guys. Here we go. It is that time of year. I It's like Christmas for, for me. I don't know how you guys feel, but this literally feels like Christmas as a kid. You know, you, you can't go to sleep. You're you're waking up early, running down to see what's what Santa has delivered under the Christmas tree, right? And hopefully at about 3, 3.30 on Saturday, opening up that present will be a big W for us Buckeye fans. However, we must be realistic. This is going to be a big game. This is the best opponent Ohio State has played all year. That includes Notre Dame, who's turned it on as of late, and we will talk about them at the end of the show. That includes our opponent last week, Maryland, who Chris and I at the beginning of the year thought was going to be very good. Turns out they're not having as great of a year as we thought they were. However, maybe we saw the Maryland we all thought they were going to be last week. Better than Penn State, who this team absolutely destroyed in their home stadium. However, Penn State is playing really good football as of late. And as we know, historically, which I'm going to talk about now, they lead the series. Yes, the Loserines do lead the series 59-50-51 with six ties. Now, the majority of this, or a lot of this, I should say, happened in two eras. The first being the first 30-some-odd years of the series, and then the Cooper years, right? If you take those two things out of this, Ohio State is actually dominating this series, but we can't ignore those. Last year, they did win 42-27 to in the snow in Ann Arbor. Last meeting in Columbus, however, happened in 2018 because in 2020, we all know they all caught <clears throat> – COVID and didn't show up to play us when they were absolutely terrible that year. Ohio State won that game in 2018, 62 to 39. Last time Michigan won in Columbus, the year 2000. You know what happened in 2000, guys? I graduated high school. That's how long it's been. I've got gray hair, a kid in college. And the last time they won was when I was in high school. Actually, it was my freshman year of college. I had just graduated. So, yeah, we pretty much dominated at home. Ohio State's record at home against U of M is 27, 27, and 2. So we can actually have a home or a winning percentage at home with a victory on Saturday. Largest margin of victory came in 1935 when Ohio State won 38 to nothing. Largest margin of defeat was 1902. Aaron, we lost that game 86 to 0 in 1902. Ouch. Yeah. Ohio State's longest win streak over that team up north is eight games. From 2012, thanks Urban, to 2019. And then it all ended last year. 
Michigan's longest win streak over Ohio State is nine, however. That was from 1901 to 1909. Ryan Day's record against that team up north is one and one. Jimmy Boy's record against the Buckeyes is now one and five. Chris, break down these statistics for us. Okay, Eric. So offense, when Michigan comes in ranked 23rd in the nation in total offense, averaging 452.6 yards per game. They rank ninth overall in scoring offense at 39.4 yard, or points per game. And they boast the country's fourth best running attack with 243.8 yards per game. However, their passing attack does leave a little bit to be desired. They rank 99th in college football at 208.8 yards per game. Now, the offense is all sparked by quarterback J.J. McCarthy. McCarthy comes in completing 165 of his 247 attempts. He has 14 touchdowns against only two interceptions. McCarthy is also dangerous with his feet, though. He has 49 carries, 213 yards, and three additional touchdowns on the ground. Now, speaking of that ground game, that is Michigan's bread and butter. The rushing attack is led by Blake Corum. Corum has 245 carries for 1,457 yards and 18 rushing touchdowns. When Corum's not on the field, it usually falls to Donovan Edwards. Edwards comes into Saturday with 70 carries for 471, four touchdowns. However, if neither or if either or neither of these guys is still banged up, look for a little bit of C.J. Stokes to see some touches. Stokes has 53 carries, 268 yards, and a touchdown. Now, Michigan's biggest receiving threat, that's wide out Ronnie Bell. Bell has 48 catches for 641 and two touchdowns. Cornelius Johnson also comes in, 25 catches, 300 yards on the season. He leads the team in receiving touchdowns with four. The guy, he's only found the end zone one time in the last five games. Tight end Luke Schoonemaker. He's a big target for Michigan in the passing game. 30 catches, 315 yards, two touchdowns. In the last five games, guys, he's got 27 catches for 301 and two touchdowns. So it's a pretty good Michigan offense. But when facing upper echelon defenses such as Iowa and Illinois, they have struggled a bit, scoring only 27 and 19 points respectively. Now defensively, Michigan does enter this game ranked number one in the nation in total defense allowed with 241.3 yards per game. That's only 4.1 yards per play. They are second in scoring defense with only 11.3 or 11.73 yard, uh, points per game given up. Michigan surrenders 161.7 passing yards per game. Guys, they only allow 79.5 rushing yards per game, which is second in the nation. That being said, that team up north has only faced one top 40 offense all season, that being Penn State. Defensively, Michigan is led by sophomore linebacker Junior Colson. Colson has 73 tackles on the season to lead the team. He also has two sacks on the season. Uh, the Loserines enter the game. They got 31 sacks on the season. Linebacker Mike Morris leads the team with seven sacks. But guys, if you contain Morris, you can kind of limit that pressure quite a bit. No other player on the team has more than two and a half sacks. He also leads the team with the one forced fumble that the team has this season. Michigan has eight interceptions on the season, three of those coming from the team leader, defensive back Rod Moore. Moore also has 40 tackles and a half a sack on the season. 
The big question for the loser aids is having only played one top 40 offense, can they contain a team with the offensive capabilities of an Ohio State? So let's jump into that Ohio State offense a little bit here. <coughs> Ohio State comes in with the eighth best offense in the country as far as overall yardage, 492.7 yards per game. They are number one in the country in yards per play at 7.39 yards per play. The Buckeyes average 46.5 points per game, which is also tied for number one in the country with Tennessee. The Buckeyes have the 20th best rushing offense in the nation at 203.5 yards per game, and they have the 17th best passing team in the country, averaging 289.2 yards per game. Of course, that passing attack, led by Heisman frontrunner C.J. Stroud, he comes in completing 204 of 307 passes on the season, 2,991 yards, and 35 touchdowns versus only four interceptions. Ryan Williams, despite not playing last week, is still the team's rushing leader with 117 carries for 783 yards and 13 touchdowns. Travion Henderson, well, he's that 1A on the depth chart, 107 carries, 571, and six touchdowns. However, as we both know, these guys have both been pretty banged up as of late. Don't be surprised if we see some of uh, freshman Dallin Hayden, who comes in with 100 carries for 503 yards, five touchdowns, and coming off a huge game versus Maryland. Marvin Harrison is the team's top receiver, 65 catches, 1,037 yards, and 11 touchdowns. His complement, Emeka Egbuka, who enters the game, 57 catches, 914 yards, eight touchdowns. Of course, we got Julian Fleming, 24 catches, 415, six touchdowns. And, of course, the combine, Cade Stover, comes in with 31 catches, 386 yards, five touchdowns. Big question offensively, is this the week we may see Jackson Smith and Jigba? Defensively, the Buckeyes come in, currently ranked as the ninth best defense overall in the nation, allowing 283.4 yards per game, giving up only four and a half yards per play. They also boast the 10th best scoring defense in the country, allowing 16.91 uh, points per game. Ohio State is currently 11th best in the country in defending the pass, allowing 175.5 yards per game through the air. And they allow only 107.9 yards per game on the ground, which is 15th best in the nation. Defensively, we've talked about him all season, guys. It starts with the beast in the middle, Tommy Eichenberg. He now has 105 tackles, two and a half sacks, two passes defensed, and an interception for a touchdown on the season. Like that team up north, Ohio State comes in with 31 sacks on the season. The team lead is shared by Jack Sawyer, who's come on over the last few weeks, and Michael Hall Jr., both with four and a half sacks on the season. Javante John-Baptiste and JT Tumaluau both come in at three and a half each on the season as well. Tanner McAllister is the team leader in picks. He's got three. Zach Harrison leads this team in forced fumbles. He also has three, including the one last week, which fell into the hands of Steel Chambers and sealed the, the uh, fate of the Maryland Terrapins. So, Aaron, those are the team leaders. What can we expect to see on the field this Saturday? Well, you can expect that team up north to do well uh, keeping the football out of our hands, uh, especially if they get that run game going. So 
Uh, on offense, you know, they like to run a lot of inside-outside zone, but they are also no stranger to power concepts. That is really their bread and butter uh, is split zone running. Uh, Personnel-wise, they'll run 11 personnel, uh, occasionally 10, and then 12. Now, out of 11, you're going to see a lot of short routes, lots of motion, uh, lots of shallow crosses, uh, running the ball, they'll, they'll do dives, uh, screens to the running back, uh, and again, split zone. So what I saw a lot of this, okay, um, watch for Ronnie Bell in motion. The tackle will block down and the wing will come across and kick out the backside defender. So I actually uh, wanted to talk about this for just a minute, okay, because that is split zone blocking and that is – what that team up north does really well. So the other night, guys, we got a message from our good friend Lenny or Billy Bob from the Backyard Barbecue, if you will. He forwarded us a question or a suggestion, rather, from one of his uh, listeners, and it said something along these lines. He said, hey, I was re-watching – this is from one of his listeners. He said, hey, I was re-watching that team up north versus Penn State. Uh, the Nittany Lions were pitiful on defense that game. Anyway, lots can be learned by the Buckeyes versus their run game. I noticed their schemes and how they used motion to move a linebacker. If we use a 4-3 and slant our D-line, then bring a backer up, we can blow up many run plays. Uh, They like going off tackle a lot. If that's not there, Coram cuts back. Need to spy him with Chambers, uh, Tommy, Cody, Simon on alternate plays. That way they don't know who's coming. So, uh... I watched a lot of films. I've watched that team up north just about every single week that I wasn't in the field. Um, And what this listener was seeing uh, was not a cutback. That was a split zone. And, yeah, it it is off tackle. But, again, that's by design. It's it's not really an off tackle run. It's it's a split zone blocking scheme. That's what that team up north really likes to do. So I kind of did some thinking on it, and I think to make this fit our scheme, because Ohio State, I don't think they're going to move to a 4-3, because we really enjoy this 4-2 because it is so like diverse. We can make it fit a lot of different things. Um, and I said to make this fit a, a 4-2 scheme, it's it's a little bit easier and maybe more effective without changing our personnel, because we use the strong safety like a linebacker but he's more athletic so why would you take that away so instead of a third linebacker I said play cover three because let's face it that team up north doesn't throw the ball deep that's just not in their wheelhouse they they don't do that uh why that is I don't know but uh that's just they don't do it not very often at all uh cover three allows us to bring up Hickman as a third linebacker or strong safety who can also drop into coverage quickly based on his read We have to have the strong side defensive end, so where the tight end is, in a six technique over the tight end and wide uh, weak side defensive end in a five tech. So away from the tight end in a five technique. The strong side defensive tackle, okay, will be in a three technique and the weak side defensive tackle in a one. You have both linebackers lined up over the B gaps, okay? So between the guard and the tackle, Hickman and McAllister splitting the corners and ends, 
the D-line can still slant or shade, and it gives us middle and outside coverage in case of cutbacks. And that's actually what I – that question was perfect, guys, okay? So what I want to see is because the reason that Ronnie Bell goes in motion is it throws and it pulls off the secondary away from that side of the field that they want to run to. So when Ronnie Bell runs uh, goes in motion to the strong side – that wing will pull across to the weak side and kick out whatever defender, usually the defensive end, and the tackle crashes down to one of the linebackers. Okay, But in the alignment that I suggested, what we got to do is on defense, the DBs have to stay alert to the motion man and don't chase him. They have to communicate. Secondary communication in this game is going to be vital because of the way that that team up north runs the ball. Because uh, if you let Ronnie Bell uh, have the safeties chase Ronnie Bell in motion, guess what? That whole side of the field is now open, and Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, or whoever the third guy is, they're going to be running for a while if we don't get there quick, fast, and in a hurry. And usually we don't. Nobody does because they're just that good at running the ball. Um, now, in 12 personnel, that team up north does 12 personnel a lot of times in the red zone. So double tight ends in the red zone, and that's always a run, nine times out of ten. Uh, or if it's short yardage, say fourth and one, and they need a conversion, or third and short, they'll go to 12 personnel and, and make it happen. Um, they have a really good offensive line, and they bully uh, defensive lines. Uh, and then passing the ball, I mentioned they don't like to throw it deep, and they don't. You'll see a lot of dinking and dunking. Uh, like I said, short out routes, lots of motion, shallow crosses, uh, screens to the running back. They like to do that a lot. Uh, they did it numerous times against Illinois. Uh, but what else they like to do uh, against teams running a cover two is high lows. So that is where – um, the end, so there'll be two wide receivers uh, to the outside. The innermost wide receiver will run like a stop route or a curl that's short, and that causes the corner to, on the outside to bite down while the safety tries to get over top, and it creates a window or a zone, a hole in the zone, if you will, between the corner and the safety, and it typically goes to Ronnie Bell. So you have to watch for that. That, and again, that is communication between the secondary players of Ohio State. That is going to be huge. Now, what I want Ohio State to do, as I already mentioned, what I want the secondary to do, linebackers, they need to stay home. Don't get sucked up inside because a lot of that team up north's run schemes start in the middle and then they work their way out. It's not a cutback. That is the development of the play because the goal in their uh, offensive scheme is get the running backs, get your speed to the sidelines because that makes the angle much harder to get to. Um, so if you can draw the defenders inside and then get it to the outside, they're home free. And we've seen it all season long if you go back and watch them. Um, cover one, I think, in, uh, and it is, should be the focus in obvious passing downs because we want to eliminate that high-low and if we can get a backer chasing down, we're not chasing down exactly, but uh, manned up on a tight end and eliminate that that little crossing route situation, that would be pretty ideal. Plus the safety over top uh, or coming down. Um, cover three, I already mentioned what that can do for you. Uh, that keeps the corners on the outside. You 
will have a single high safety, but again, I'm not worried about deep passing. So that allows more secondary players to do coverage on their wide receivers and tight ends. Now, that team up north on defense, they run a multiple. They have a 4-2-5. They run a 3-2-6 uh, with the defensive tackles and a three technique and a one technique. Uh, defensive end with one defensive end and a two-point stance. Uh, they do that quite a bit uh, from what I saw. Linebackers are aggressive on their reads almost to a fault. Uh, Illinois did a good job taking advantage of that, and I think that that's something that we can do even better. Uh, they're secondary. Not great, but they're not terrible. Um, they get the job done, but I don't know that they have seen a wide receiver room like ours. So that, I think, is going to be the matchup. If the wind is is not bad, I'm, I think Day's going to air it out. He's absolutely going to air it out, and we're going to take advantage of that weak secondary. Uh, what I'd like to see Ohio State on offense do, misdirection or counterplays uh, on uh, running the ball, split zone, because that team up north – they can do it too, but I think that we can do it. We, I think that we do that better than just regular zone blocking. We've struggled with that. We weren't too successful, but if you noticed in split zone, we seem to spring a lot of long, uh, further runs with that. Um, and, and the other key thing, physicality. We have to be physical. That's on the defensive line and the offensive line. This game is going to be a slugfest between two giants. Uh, passing the ball, we have to run levels. We got to run slants. Uh, and like I mentioned, because their linebackers are aggressive to a fault, the screens, running back screens, not the, those crazy wide receiver screens that we tried to do against Penn State over and over and over that didn't work, but a running back screen. Hopefully Travion is healthy because we're going to need that speed. Um, and then use Cade Stover. Use Cade Stover. Uh, utilize him correctly. That is going to be key here. I think that he could be the unsung hero of this game. So run the ball effectively. Be physical. Punch him in the mouth. Win the ball game. That is what I see happening this Saturday. You bring up probably my biggest concern, and and that is the physicality. <clears throat> It's it's not I don't doubt the physicality on our defensive side, Aaron. I think I think Jim Knowles and this defense is going to be ready for that. Where I am concerned is the physicality on the offensive line. Um, but given the fact that I, I again I, as Chris pointed out, statistically they are so good at stopping the run. <sighs> Is it going to come down to weather? Like they're calling for warmer weather, but possible rain. And, you know, how's that going to affect the passing game? And as, as uh, our buddy, Sean, who we pre-recorded before, uh, before we started recording this, uh, this podcast, you know, as he pointed out, you can't throw the ball if you have no time to throw the football. That is my biggest concern is the offensive line. Well, Aaron, help me out here. Do I have a reason to be concerned? You know, you do based on what we have seen this year, but you got you have reason to be concerned about the physicality of our offensive line as it pertains to to running the ball, passing the ball. They've done quite well. Uh, Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson haven't allowed a sack uh, around the ends. It's always come up the middle. So um, I think that that's what we're going to be watching for is is blitz through the A gaps, maybe through the B gaps and watch the stunting that Michigan. Well, that team up north does. 
um, because that's going to be key. And the offensive line should be gelled by this point in the season. Um, And like I said, they've done a pretty decent job so far in pass pro Uh, run blocking, though. That's my concern. And that's what I meant when I said this is going to be a slug fest between two giants because I don't mean like blocking effectively in the first half. I mean, fourth quarter, they're going to have to keep it up. Who has the testicular fortitude left in them at the end of the fourth quarter to finish the job? Because that team up north is going to bring it with that run game, and we have to do the same. Beautiful. All right, man. So here we go. It's prediction time. It's time to set out our scores and see how they look with each other. Uh, Who wants to go first, man? I will. Go for it, Chris. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm with you guys about being a little concerned, but I think Ohio State handles their business at home. I'm going to go 38-28 Ohio State. Ooh. That is so close to what I have written down. Let's see how close Aaron is to that first. I'm going to go say uh, 41 to 31 Ohio State. Okay. I am I'm I am at 38-24. So I'm I'm pretty close to what Chris has got there. We all kind of feel like this is going to be a slightly more than one score game. And we are not alone in that feeling. I threw this out earlier today um, on our fan page. Let me pull it up here real fast. And I and I said, and it was a, it was a it was a, a poll question. What do you believe Saturday's outcome will be? Buckeyes by two scores or more. Buckeyes by a score or less. Buckeyes are going to lose. And the results are: sixty-six percent said Buckeyes by two scores or more. 32% by Buckeyes by a score or less, and one uh, 2% was Buckeyes are going to lose. Two people voted for uh, the team up north, which I'm assuming are team up north fans on our page. But uh, <laughs> two-thirds say by two scores or more, uh, and we're all there. We're all at like 10 points. You and, you and uh, Chris, you and Aaron are both at 10 points. I'm at uh, 14 points. Well, you know, Eric. Ohio State is the only only team in major college football to win every game this season by double digits. Correct. Home field. How much does home field really count in this game, Chris? It's huge. It's huge. And I'll tell you what. You can look back to last year, uh, not just the weather, and yeah, we had some guys who were sick, but – that crowd, I think, played a big factor in that game, especially as it started to get away from Ohio State. I think that's a huge factor. I think it is a big advantage having it at home. Aaron, you played. You coached. What's it like going in and playing in a in a hostile environment where you can't even hear a snap count? It's rough. Uh, so – you got to really be on the same page, and I'm quite sure that Coach Day and the staff uh, prepared them for that. And I know what we would do is uh, – so when I was in school, uh, Big Walnut was our rival to the Olentangy local school district. It didn't matter if it was the old Olentangy, the Braves, or if it was the Patriots. Big Walnut was our Michigan, uh, and we hated them. 
And so what we would do to prepare for that is we would play music over the loudspeaker inside the stadium when we practiced. And that forced us to get on the same like mental page so that we could do what we had to do to make this thing work. And we never lost to him. So uh, I'm sure that Coach Day and staff is doing something similar, even if it's simulated uh, crowd noise, not necessarily music. But that's kind of what we had in the early 2000s. So um, it's it's tough. So hopefully they're on the same page. Um, I do think that this is going to, like Chris said, it's going to hurt that team up north more than it's going to hurt us because the, the crowd's going to quiet down on for us on offense, and they're going to get insane loud for that team up north uh, when they're on offense. So, yeah, it's 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 it might be a rough day for that team up north uh, fall start-wise. We'll see. Yes, we are. We are going to get loud. I'm going to be there. I'm going to make sure of it. Oh, it definitely um, will get loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> Sunday night's uh, podcast might be interesting. I might not be able to speak. Um, speaking of Big Walnut, uh Garrett Stover, Kate Stover's cousin, committed this week. We don't have time to talk about that on this podcast, nor will we have time to talk about it on the next podcast because it's going to be reviewing, hopefully, an Ohio State win over the team up north. But we will review him shortly. But I, when you mentioned Big Walnut, I had to throw that in there that we got a boom this week from Garrett Stover, who's going to be a uh, a safety slash linebacker in uh in this defense, and uh, he is uh, he is Cade Stover's cousin. So Garrett and Cade's dads are brothers. Apparently, those two dudes know how to uh, uh, raise them boys right because uh, they're both Division One athletes, and they're both coming to Ohio State. So good job on the Stover family. Um, very cool. So there is that. Now. <clears throat> We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we have got a treat for all of you. Um, Sean, the, the, Michi- the Michigan fan that we allow on this podcast, my buddy, he joins us, and him and Chris have it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to want to miss that. I actually bring up the tunnel, which I thought was incredibly interesting conversation. And we make the I, – I, I got to admit, Aaron, I think this might be the biggest bet of all time. It absolutely is. Chris, what were you, what were you saying? That's a big one. It's big. It's, it's, it's big on two fronts. Number one, it is incredibly expensive. And number two, it is going to hurt it, – it is going to hurt him so bad to have to do that if we win. <laughs> like I – like it is – I – like I cannot imagine me doing that. Could you imagine one of us having to do that? Well, I even suggested it. I thought you were going to have a stroke there, Eric. I know, I know, but because I couldn't do it. Like if he flipped the if he flipped the script on me, I couldn't do it. I but give him credit. He's a big man for doing that. He's a and gamer. I, and I want I want to see that happen so bad, Aaron. Oh my gosh, I want to see it happen so bad. Yeah, we got to Ohio State has to win this game and it has nothing to do with the CFP. It's because I need to see Sean in, in <laughs> Ohio State. <laughs> I'm not going to let it out. Y'all need to listen to this interview. Listen to this interview. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Listen to the interview. And then after the interview, we're going to wrap this thing up. So hang tight. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. 
Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. And now we are joined by the one Michigan fan that we allow on this podcast, my friend and yours, Sean Butler. Sean, welcome to the podcast. How you been, my friend? I've been doing well. We survived two hurricanes, so I can't complain too much. So we're doing all right. Yeah, we saw some of the pictures that you posted, man. I'm glad you're doing okay. You were in our in our thoughts and prayers, and uh, sounds like your family got hit maybe even a little bit harder than you did. Yeah. Yeah, my parents pretty much lost everything, and so did my in-laws. So, but in-laws finally just moved out last week. And they were here for almost two months, so life's getting back to normal. But then again, I don't need the snow, so I'll take the hurricanes any day of the week. <laughs> Spoken like a true former Ohioan right there. Sean, your your Wolverines, man, 11 and 0. I I we kind of thought this was going to happen when we talked at the beginning of the season. Um here we are, man. And so this is this is kind of what we talked about 2006 all over again. Instead of 1 versus 2, it's 2 versus 3. It's lining up to be kind of what we thought it was going to be, Sean. Absolutely. I'm very uh, happy about where we are. Very happy with the direction that we're heading. Um, I kind of like to see them grit out a win last weekend that uh, tested some intestinal fortitude, so to speak. And I think uh, that will help pay dividends heading into Columbus this weekend. Aaron, I'll let you start with the first question, man. Fire away. All right, Sean. It's really good to talk to you again, of course. It's been a while. Uh, so I've only really got three questions. One of them's kind of a, a nostalgic question, uh, and the other ones kind of pertain to this season. So I will start with this one. So considering that team up north's run game, they've been extremely effective. I think the whole country is tracking. So with that said, why do you think that that team up north does not throw the ball deep very often. I think that has to do with not having Eric Alls, our tight end. He was the all second 10, all Big Ten last year, who's had spine surgery recently. And Ooh. I think he's out for, I don't know if he'll ever come back and play again. He just had a kid, too, so that's kind of crazy. So I think it has more to do with the fact that the not having a tight end for play action and number two, our offensive line, I guess, is training to be number one in the nation again. And when you got Blake Corn running for 100, 200 yards a game, I mean, what else do you really need to do, to be honest with you? No, that's valid. I, You know, I just feel like uh, with Ronnie Bell in there, you know, he's a pretty decent receiver. I'm not going to lie. I've, you know, we've been watching him for a couple of seasons at that team up north, and he, he, he typically does well. So I was just curious if there was a reason why he doesn't get targeted a little bit more downfield than he does. So uh, I was just looking for, you know, maybe if you had a, a thought process on that, because I know a lot of um, critics like to think that J.J. Uh, McCarthy, maybe he can't throw the ball deep very well like you know accurate passes likes to throw off his back foot so i think there would be some uh credence to lead to that to be in some type of uh uh conclusion that could be you know talked about and argued about but you also throw in the fact that like i said the tight ends are being you know we got loveland who's a true freshman playing most of the snaps now and then you throw in with aj henning you throw in with um like you said, Ronnie Bell, you know, it's not enough people are getting enough touches throwing the ball, especially when Blake Quorum's a, you know, a Heisman finalist running for, you know, 
Michigan records right now as a junior. So that's why, true. Why would you want to break something that doesn't need fixing? You got to ride the horse that took you to the dance. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely understand, and it, it may have, you know, to some of our listeners, seem like a simplistic question right there, like, a, well, why would I, why would you even ask that, considering, like, like you're saying, Sean, you know, he's running for almost anywhere between 100 and 200 yards a game or more. It's so, you know, seems like a silly question, but when when the he's same, not the same for, formula worked last year, and we beat you guys, and the same formulas worked all along this year so if it ain't broke why fix it do i think jj i think jj has the ability to throw the ball downfield when needed yes do i think he's going to make some throws on saturday that are going to be amazing yes do i think he's going to make some throws downfield that are going to be picked off yes and that's where we get into the whole discussion of turnovers and that's what's going to determine the winner of this game okay and that actually kind of leads me to my next question why do you think, or better yet, why does that team up north win the game this season? Why? Why do you? What are the factors that you think are going to lead to them winning? The fact that all your running backs are hurt, you're not going to be able to run the ball. I think our defensive line is better this year than it was last year. And number two, we have the reigning kicker of the year, who's returned in Jake Moody. And when it comes down to kicking the ball, I like our ability to win with our legs. Okay. So do you, what's the status then on Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum? Cause I've heard about Blake Corum. Uh, I've been seeing reports about a sprained MCL. Well, I've heard reports that they're both playing. They're both playing. That is what I've been. That's what I've, my sources and people I've talked to, they're both playing. Interesting. What happened to Donovan Edwards? Cause I wasn't tracking that he had had an injury. Concussion. Ah, Okay. I don't mean, like to had, hear that. Yeah, you know, we don't like to hear that, but it's part of the game. You know? Sure is. Sure is. Yeah, that kind of thing happens, doesn't it? <laughs> so my final question, Sean, is kind of a fun one. Um, but, like, what is your favorite that team up north, OSU, memory or game, just any play, anything to do with it? What is your favorite game memory? Uh, so with my job down here in Florida, one of my customers was Charles Woodson, and I've got to know him pretty well over the last year. So probably my favorite play was either him and David Boston getting into it, grabbing the face mask and rubbing each other the wrong way, or him returning that punt back in that game in 96, leading the half championship in 97. Not going to lie, that was a heartbreaker for me. <laughs> I think I was uh, eight or nine years old when that happened. So, <laughs> yeah, not not one of my favorite ones, but uh, respect to Charles Woodson. Chuck. All right, all right Eric, uh, that is all the questions that I have for Sean right now. So it's on you, man. Okay. All right, Chris, I'm going to let you unmute yourself now. And if you would like to ask uh, Mr. Butler some questions, fire away. Well, you know. Aaron and I had some overlap there. But that being said, one of my big questions is, do you have concern about playing Ohio State offensively considering, or defensively versus the Ohio State offense considering that that team up north has only played one top 40 offense all season? 
Um, no, I don't. You guys got had problems with Maryland, and you guys have problems with Northwestern. And I can tell you right now, both of our D lines are ten times better than both of those combined. And it's all it's going to boil down to your offensive line. Are you going to be able to stop us? Uh, let's let's throw Northwestern out of there for a second, Sean, because I don't care who you are. You aren't throwing the ball an 80 mile an hour wind. It wasn't 80 mile an hour. I'll give you 30. Oh, oh no, no. It, the, the gusts were reported between 50 and 60. It may not have been 80. I'd, I'd read 80 somewhere, but I mean, they were reporting on TV even between 50 and 60 for that Northwestern game. Well, your defense but, didn't play very good last week and you're playing freaking Maryland on the road. Maryland's not a powerhouse. But, but at the same time, as I, as I recall, that team up north struggled with Maryland as well. Yeah, but we won by more than what you guys did. And then 1917 against a pretty anemic offense in Illinois. I want to, well, Illinois has been the best team in the West until the last two weeks because of all the injuries that they've had. Uh, that's not saying much. <laughs> well, it's, it's not saying West, much. It's the West of the Big Ten. Come on. I don't know how old you are or what year you were born. Oh, I'm, old, I'm not, the oldest one on the program here. How old? I turned 50 this year. Oh, damn. Yeah, you are ancient. Is that, is that, is that <laughs> hey, I own it. <laughs> now, I got I to gotta pipe in here real fast, Sean. You guys have beat Maryland by seven points. We beat them by 13. Okay. As you know, this record goes out the window. I know. I'm just, but and I mean, you if also, you're going to, you, you're also gonna compare, a, you also know there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. And if there's a time and a place for things to uh, turn the tides, we are at an apex point right now. Would you agree with that? I I don't disagree with that. I think if you don't come back, if Michigan does not come back and win this game, then we just go back to the discussion of one game every decade. Well, I, I totally disagree with that, but we'll have to wait and see how it goes. But the bo- the bottom line, you can have the most prolific offense in the entire world, which you guys probably do. I might even argue might be the most talented offense of all time. But if we are controlling the clock, controlling the ball, and running the ball down your throat at will, we control that clock. And that's a problem for you. But, but would you not also contend that this is not the same Ohio State defense that you faced last year? Uh, I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, I know you brought in this Mr. Knowles guy stuff, and you look a little bit better, but you guys suspect a lot. So you have to wait. I, I would argue, though, that that suspect, the, the biggest part of being suspect comes in the passing game with the corners, which well, is someplace that you guys have really not excelled. No, we have not excelled. We've got a starting freshman, and we got a, a, a wide receiver converted slash uh, Nickelback. That's why I said it depends on our defensive line getting to the quarterback. You can yeah, sling and, it all over and the, I think that goes sling, for either team. You can sling it all over the field all you want, but if you can't protect the quarterback, you have an issue. That's what happened last year in Ann Arbor. It is. It is. I mean, obviously, we, we don't need to rehash it, but last but the, year in Ann Arbor, the bottom, the bottom line the is the bottom line is this game is won in the trenches. I don't disagree, but I would also contend that, and you have mentioned that this defensive line is better than last year. Uh-huh. I, one, I don't know about the, all that. They're the number one rated overall defense in the country right now. And the Again, number one scoring defense. Having not played but one team inside the top 40 offensively. 
You can say all you want. We'll find out Saturday at 12 o'clock. I agree. I agree. <laughs> That's all I've got, Eric. All right. He's all mine now. Sean. Sean, wow. here we go, my man. So, are you surprised at the lack of quarterback development of J.J. McCarthy this year, given the fact that he was given the starting reins at the beginning of the season with the idea that he was the one that had a higher ceiling that could uh, possibly get you not only back to the CFP, but to win against a team like Georgia? Um, first of all, he didn't start the season. Kate McNamara did. He started game two. He started one game, dude. J.J. McCarthy was given that, given the start in game two and has not let, relinquished that since. Did you not know that he played with a torn a, or a partially torn MCL last year, as in Kate McNown? You Matt mean Kate McNair did? And then he rehashed that in the third game, and that's why J.J.'s been the starting quarterback? So and you're what, telling me right now that Cade McNamara would be the starter right now? No, I say there'd be a quarterback competition, but also you got to look at the results. What is their record? Well, you guys are 11-0. I, 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 okay. I, my question so Jay, was, so are Jay, you surprised that J.J. McCarthy – He was no, supposed, to, both, supposed I, to be everything for you guys. He has been everything, but like he I said – He has not, Sean. He can't get the ball past 15 yards on a pass, dude. Yes, he can. But why no, he can't, that? dude. I've watched your games, man. He is not okay. accurate down the field. We'll have to wait and see how Saturday goes, then, won't we? Because I totally disagree with that assessment. I, I, I tell you straight up right now, I'm, I am more concerned about you, about the team up north, your team, beating us up front with your offensive line. Straight up. Well, I can tell you right now, the first half, second, I'm sorry, the first quarter, second quarter is going to be a lot. And then the third quarter is when they really start wearing people down. Why so, didn't that happen last week then? I I think like everything else with Ohio State and with Michigan, they were looking forward to this game that's coming up, and they were not paying attention. They were probably putting a more game plan for this week than they were last week because they thought they're both of those games would be a cakewalk. We both right. got caught looking ahead. Okay, fair enough. Turning the page, why, why is there no um, – how do I want to word this? Why is it that you guys, as uh, as a as a team, a school, a fan base, have zero accountability for what's happening in your tunnel? That tunnel has been that way for over a hundred years. And what happened with Michigan State? What happened today? Did you not see the reports today? Seven no, I, players I, were filed, were charged with okay. assault. I, I, and, and I'm and I I agree those players should be in charge with assault. That was unacceptable however there is one common theme in every instance that's happening in that tunnel and that is michigan every okay, time <laughs> okay so like what where is where is taking some responsibility on your school's part here to say we need to do something about this well from the reports i've read they have tried to do something with increasing security and trying to make sure both teams are exiting the the i guess the field at separate times and coming out at separate times. What about uh, a couple years ago when Ohio State, Michigan got into it in the tunnel? Wasn't an issue then, but now all of a sudden it's an issue. No, it was. It, was issue. it actually. Reasons, if you go back and look at that video, we were on our way out when you guys busted out of your locker room and started chirping. 
And you don't think you guys chirp? What about the guy? No, with we, the abs- we absolutely chirped, but we're going to chirp back. Yes. But I'm just, I'm just saying like, wh- again, why this, you're deflecting, t- you're deflecting. Where is the, where is the looking in the mirror and say, what can we do better? What should we do better? Because the common denominator in this, Sean, is your team in every instance. Now I'm not, I'm not blaming I, you guys for what happened against Sparty. I'm not. That was unacceptable, and we said that on this show. Well, as but far as I'm to concerned, me it's a reflection of your program, dude. I disagree 1,000 percent with that. You think it has everything to do with our program and the issues that we're having? What issues are we having besides the tunnel incident, where somebody beat the head over somebody with a helmet? And what, Brett Bielema, what's he bitching about? Because they wanted to come out first, and they let Michigan come out first? Brett Bielema is a freaking crybaby. Then you want to start talking about James Franklin? Go to James Franklin, watch the PSU video where he's instigating it, and they're throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at our players. Why don't you go talk to them about what they're doing? Michigan has been had the stadium designed this way for over 100 years. All of a sudden, over the last six weeks, now we have an issue, and you think that's all blamed on us? Totally disagree. Uh, well, we will agree to disagree because I think a lot of it has to blame with how you guys, how you guys disrespect your opponents. I do. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, well, you I just mentioned up. you just brought it up. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for real? For why, real? Why is PS players throwing those things at people? Why is James Franklin in the middle of all that? Go watch the video. I'm just saying, like, no, like for real, like that's what you're offering as a as a a snack for your like you can't do better than that michigan for real P- pb and j huh that's what they got <laughs> okay that's what they is that what they got and what they deserved where's kevin at <laughs> that's probably what they deserved because oh they're, they're, they're playing third fiddle and it only took him i don't know four weeks to pay his debt off Oh, ouch. <laughs> oh, snap. He got him there. Sean calling him out. <laughs> All right, Sean. Let's do this. Let's finish. Let's wrap it up here, man. We got two things to do. Number one, I want your score prediction. And number two, we got we got to come up with a bet. So what's your score prediction? Uh, I think Ohio State wins 38 to 35. Wait a second. What? You heard me? Did you guys just hear what I just heard? You could hear a pen drop. I know that. Holy cow. I I wasn't ready. And what did I predict at the beginning of the season? That you guys would beat us at home, did I not? I wasn't expecting you to admit that. I call it how I see it. You know, we have a a lot of question marks. We're playing at the horseshoe. I mean, that's, you know. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's, you not always like have called it. it's not like I'm saying that you always are going to beat us like 38 to two, like with Rich Rod. I mean, it's going to be a competitive game. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I don't know what the weather is supposed to be up there. I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of those things come into factor. If we win, I won't be surprised, but I'm expecting us to lose. And I'm expecting this to accelerate into a Big Ten versus SEC um, argument and conversation about, you know, a one-loss Michigan team or a one-loss Ohio State team making it to the freaking playoffs versus, you know, a two-loss Alabama team or a Tennessee team or TCU who barely beat a couple people. So I don't know. We'll have to wait to see how it all shakes out. But this is 
Only thing this is doing is fueling the fire to expand the playoffs as fast as possible. All right, Sean. So here's here's what I'm thinking for the bet. We've talked about when Aaron gets back to uh, the great state of Ohio that we all would go to a game uh, a game together with each other. Next year, if you win, if you win Saturday, not only will we go to the big house with you, I will pay for your ticket. <laughs> okay. That's that's a bet. You like that? That is a bet. Yeah, I I accept your bet. And if and if uh, we win, what do you think, we Aaron? Can. What should we make them do? Ooh. I think uh, with that bet, I think that kind of like raises the stakes big time. Like we Ooh. can't just do a picture. Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. I got it. I got it. What is it? If we win, he has to go to the game in the big house with us next year with Ohio State merchandise on. Beautiful. Buckeye necklace and all. Perfect. <laughs> you yes. game, Sean? Are you, are you willing to do that? Hell yes. Let's go. All right. Yes. There it is. He's Perfect. man. <laughs> this is why we love you, Sean. Yes. Facts. Either way, it's going to be a lot of fun next year, is it not? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great time. But this, is the, this is how we roll. Picking up an ante, but yeah. Hey, listen, Sean, I am so thankful that you're doing okay. You made it through uh, the hurricane all right. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you more than you're you know. Welcome. And, and even though welcome. I hate your team, I love you, man. I love you too, and I hate your team. I like that Chris guy because I would like to argue with him some more often. That's <laughs> 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 well, Chris is uh, Chris is one of a kind. He's our he's our uh, he, he's our as he likes to put it, our elder, <laughs> right, Chris? Hey, Sean, you should have pushed for Eric to wear a Michigan jersey to the big. No, I'm paying for his. Uh, no, paying for my tickets good. Um, might be able to make him have to meet some people, and then he get right on that way. So. That's true. I, I I probably would, but hey, it's a lot of fun, man. Looking forward to this weekend, buddy. It's all good. You guys have a great, safe Thanksgiving, and uh, may the best team win on Saturday. You as well. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the OHIO podcast. Would you please help us and subscribe, review, and share our podcast from your favorite podcasting platform? This greatly helps us grow our show and reach more Buckeye fans like you. Also, please visit our website at theohiopodcast.com and follow us on the following social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email the show at theohiopodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening and go Bucks! All right, I hope you all enjoyed that interview. Holy cow, dude. Okay, Aaron, go for it, man. Everybody's heard it now. Dude, what do you think of this, uh, of this bet? I wish that I was involved in a in a tunnel incident where peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were thrown. <laughs> Why couldn't that happen for me? Like, <laughs> no, nah, that was a that was a great interview, and it's always great to hear from Sean. You know, we don't get to talk to him as much as we'd like to, but um, 
it was a great interview. It was fun. Uh, you know, him and Chris got into it a little bit, but it was nothing wrong with a little spirited conversation, especially when it comes to uh, our, you know, one of our favorite hobbies in, in, in college football involving our, our favorite teams that we are most passionate about. So uh, it was a great interview, and I, and I appreciate Sean coming on. All right, Chris, that was your first time talking to, the, to Sean Butler, wasn't it? It was, and I enjoyed it. But I got to tell you, Eric, he avo- he avoided that tunnel question like a loserine with the COVID man. He dodged <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, he just he just doesn't want to he doesn't want to admit it that they're to blame for a lot of this. All yeah. right, we've 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 done dragged that story like roadkill. We ran over it. We backed up over top of it. We ran over it again. So I'm not going to go and. and hash that out anymore but uh we agreed to disagree okay chris you're running away with these things man you you gained another game on me and poor aaron went oh for four last week so it's a good time yeah well you now i will give you credit for this aaron you went for broke last week because you felt like you needed to make up some room i had to uh, and unfortunately, you didn't pick the right ones. The ones that Chris lost, neither one of us picked against them, and we should have. But all right, here we are. We got four new ones to go this week. Um, Chris, again, you're gonna. I'm gonna make you go first here. So number 19 Tulane at number 21 Cincinnati. Who you got? I'll tell you what, I like Tulane's offense. I like Cincinnati's defense. Uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati because it's a home game. All right, he's going with the Fighting Fickles. Uh, Aaron, what you want there? You going to go Tulane? Yeah, why not? I, there's no way I can catch up at this point. Tulane. Tulane. All right, I'm going to actually pick uh, – I'm going to pick the Fighting Fickles here. I, I, I just don't think Tulane's got it in them for this one. If this was in Tulane, I might think about it. Yeah. Okay, South Carolina at number seven, Clemson. The Gamecocks upset Tennessee last week. Can they go on the road in Death Valley and do it two weeks in a row? This one against Clemson, Chris. No, Tennessee has no defense. Clemson actually has a top 20 defense. Uh, It's at Clemson. Clemson's fighting for their playoff lives. I'm going to take Clemson. I'm going to agree with you, unfortunately. I want to take South Carolina. I just, ugh. It's, if this, again, if this one was in South Carolina, I might consider it, but I'm not going to. Aaron, you going to, you're going to be gutsy again? No, I'm going to go with Clemson, but I do want to bring something up real quick that I thought was kind of funny. Dabo Sweeney took a, a jab at the, I think it was like Indiana-Northwestern rivalry. Did you guys see this? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why would he do that? Because he, they asked him about what he thought about rivalry week, and you know he was talking up the the Clemson South Carolina rivalry because that's well that's his job sort of you know, um, and he goes no offense to the the Northwestern and Indiana programs, but uh, I don't see that that rivalry breaking up any marriages. I just <laughs> I just kind of thought that was funny, you know. I didn't coming know Indiana from him. Had a did, 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 was it Indiana Purdue or was it seriously Indiana Northwestern? Or was it, it Northwestern was, Illinois? I think, yeah, I think it was Illinois. I can't okay. remember. I just, I, I, it stuck out to me because of what he said about it. I don't really, you know, it was Northwestern he, and somebody. Did he also say something about Tennessee too this week? I didn't see that one. I didn't. He probably did because that's, you know, he talks a lot of trash, but. 
Yeah, he said something stupid this week, too, beyond what you just mentioned. Uh, Chris, here we go. Number 10, Oregon, goes on the road against rival number 22, Oregon State. You got the Ducks or Beavers? Give me the Ducks. I, I think they're uh, they're going to make their own run. Okay. Chris is going quack, quack. And let's see. I went the first. I got to go first this time. Ooh, I got to make up a game on you somewhere here. This isn't a bad one. But you might want to wait to see what happens next. Yeah. I'm going to go Oregon. Although the Beavers have done it before. But, yeah, I'm going to go Oregon. Aaron? Yeah, my buddies that are Oregon fans, they're worried about this game. But, uh, really? I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, but that's, you know, it's Pac-12 business, and I stay out of that. Um, but uh, I'm going with the Ducks. I, I just don't think that uh, Oregon State can do it this year. Mm. Uh, okay. So all three of us are, are saying it's the Ducks. Last one, and Chris said I might want to wait for this one. Number 13, Notre Dame at number five, USC. All right, Chris, where are you going? I saw a vulnerable USC team that would have lost to a UCLA if they had any defense last week. I'm taking Notre Dame at USC. Well, I, that was going to be my upset special if you went with USC. So now I got to flip around and got to go Trojans at home here. So take something different than you to try to make up at least one game here. So I'm going to take uh, USC. All right, Aaron, you get to break the tie here. I'm going with the Trojans as well. I think that uh, you know Notre Dame has played really well since since you know we beat them and uh, throughout the season they have gotten way better. But I think USC at home, I don't think Notre Dame's going to pull that one off. Notre Dame plays better on the road than they do at home. They, they do. Although last week in the snow, they looked pretty good. They um, do. They do. But USC being a top five team, I think that the crowd's going to play a little bit different role than what Notre Dame typically sees. And I know that, you know, they beat Clemson and everything, but I just, I think USC is on a different level of offense than what Clemson is. And I think that presents a different challenge for them. Plus they're playing for their CFP life here. So exactly. Notre Dame is not uh, here. I found, I found what the Dabo Sweeney said about Tennessee. <clears throat> so he was asked about Tennessee's loss against South Carolina. And he said when, in, in talking about Tennessee, they're flipping burgers during the conference championship week. Like we are going to Atlanta or Phoenix. And next thing you know, you forgot to, you forgot, you got to go play. What? Literally. Uh, that's, let me say this in Dabo Sweeney talk. Ah, uh, yeah. They're flipping burgers during the conference championship week. Like we're going to Atlanta or Phoenix. And next thing you know, you forgot, you got to go play. Yeah. I still don't know what you're <laughs> I think what he was saying was Tennessee lost to South Carolina because they thought they were going to go to the conference championship. They and then they forgot they had to go play a real opponent. I, I don't know, Eric. This okay. guy might be a bigger idiot than Harbaugh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. They probably hang out on the weekends. They have sleepovers. Oh. Well, I if you recall. Wasn't all the Michigan fans saying like they were comparing Harbaugh to Dabo and like, hey, like his first few years, Dabo had to build it up. And then, you know, he became a champion. And that's what we got going on here with Harbaugh. Like 
they were all comparing that. So if they want to compare that, their coach to this idiot, feel free. Have but I, don't, I don't see J.J. McCarthy as Trevor Lawrence. Just saying. No, not yet. That's for sure. Definitely not yet. I don't know that he ever will be either. You gotta, gotcha. you, you gotta throw the ball beyond twelve yards first. Yeah, sorry. I, that was, that was, that was kind of a low, th- low, low ball statement I made to Sean. What? It was. It was. <laughs> but not completely inaccurate. Yeah, it's not entirely wrong, but it was kind of a low ball shot. Oh, guys, that's that's our show for this week, man. I'm excited. We are we are gearing up, ready. I get to go to my. This is my first time of ever seeing the game. Really? Yeah, I've never, I've never. I've seen every Big Ten team at least twice, except for the. I've never gotten to go see the game in person. This is my first time, man. It's a different energy. I've yeah. seen it once, uh, and it was I think it was Urban's first year, and dude, it is just an entirely different energy than any other game. You're gonna Can't see. Wait. It's a Can't blast. Wait. Cannot wait. Looking forward to it, man. All right, guys. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you've had a great day today and have enjoyed some turkey with your family and friends. Enjoy the football tomorrow, all day on Saturday. Root like heck. Make sure you're saying your prayers to the good Lord that he gives us a good uh, a good victory on Saturday. This is a lot of fun, man. This is what it's all about. This is one of the reasons why we do this show, guys, is for this game. We get to be a part of the greatest rivalry in all of sports. And, you know, we hated the way things went down last year. But do you remember what I said, the first words I said after it was all said and done? I said, the rivalry's back on. And, boy, for the last 365 days, it sure has felt that way, hasn't it, Chris? The rivalry is back. Baby. Yeah, and, and it's great to have this game mean something again. It really is. Uh, you know, I hear all these people say, oh, well, you know, I'd rather they come in with no wins than than 11. No, I think it's great to have this game mean something. Yeah, we all hate that team up north, but you know what? It is better for the Big Ten, and it's better for college football when they are a quality program. Now, I still hope we, beat, hope we beat them every year, but this is good for the game. Aaron, your last thoughts, man? You know, Chris said it. Chris said exactly what came across my mind. You know, as much as we hate that team up north, it is better for the Big Ten, it is better for Ohio State, and it is better for college football when they have a good team and we have a good team and we can really get that test in there through the season because that's really kind of the measuring stick. So uh, I'm glad that they're back. I hope the rivalries, you know, it stays back on. I don't want to see the Cooper years relived. And I'm not really trying – yeah, (laughs) PTSD from that one, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> I just, you know, I don't want to see every other year going back and forth with them, but I wouldn't be upset uh, for this rivalry to be, really be something again. All right, guys, enjoy it, man. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen Ohio with all your heart. And until next time, OH, IO, go Bucks.
Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.